0: Just a, a busy, busy week with uh, getting ready for, for last night's service and, and uh, uh, everything that's going on with life, but I've been seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, what is it, a fresh word that you have for glad tidings for this morning? I, and uh, I love it, the Lord is always right on time, right? I mean, I would love to say that I was the pastor that, that come Monday morning, you know, like like tomorrow morning I'd get up and read the Bible and and God would download a message in my heart, and all week long I would just be meditating on it, and I, I wish I was there, and, and I hope to be there one day. But sometimes it's like, okay, Lord, I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm studying. What is it that you want me to share with the church for today? And, and uh, sometimes it's like first thing in the morning, where I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and, or 5 o'clock in the morning, but, but uh, keep me in prayer, amen. So today's message is called, is titled, Follow His Lead follow his lead. There's a a paramedic was asked on a local Dallas TV talk show program, what was your most unusual and challenging 911 call? Now, if I were to sit here and tell you some of my most unusual and challenging 911 calls, uh, you would probably, uh, (laughs) uh, you would not want me back because there is some crazy calls that you get for 911. But this uh, individual paramedic said, Recently, uh, recently the paramedic began, we got a call from that big white church on 11th and Walnut Avenue. A frantic usher was very concerned that during their worship service, an elderly man passed out in the pew and appeared to be dead. The usher could not find a pulse and there was no noticeable breathing. What was so unusual and demanding about this particular call, the interviewer asked. Well, the paramedic said, we carried out four guys before we found the one who was dead. <laughs> so apparently the church was probably not like Glad Tidings. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful that we have a church that is alive, that we're active, right? That we love to sing, we love to shout, and we love to lift up our hands in the sanctuary, right? As I was reading that earlier this morning, I said uh, the big white church on 11th and one. I, I, I was thinking maybe the church from the outside, you know, the big white church. But I was reminded of last night what Donnie Mac- Pastor Donnie McClurklin talked about was that these titles of churches, right, have to stop where it's not in the Bible, where you have the uh, uh, just the all-white church or an all-Filipino church or an all-Korean church, right? This is the body of Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be about the Assemblies of God in heaven or the Baptists or the First Church of the Frigidaire. It's going to be the church that has Christ living on the inside, and, and we are that church. Amen? We are, amen. We are that church. Amen. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 2. Now, this was a part of our study uh, on Wednesday night, but I believe that there's some, some rich uh, truth that I want to uh, dig out for the next few moments together. Deuteronomy 8, 2 says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. Wow, let's think about that for a minute. The Spirit of God led the children of Israel into the wilderness for 40 years to humble them. Wow, don't you think that they were humbled enough? They were slaves, but they needed to be humbled. They needed to be tested I'm like, Lord, please don't keep me in the wilderness for 40 years, Lord. <laughs> All right? Can you fast track this a little bit? How many are there? How many are in that spot? Like, okay, Lord, don't keep me in the wilderness for 40 years. Help, you know, help me to, to learn quickly. <laughs> and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. To know what was in your heart. Don't you think that God knows what's in our heart? He knows what's in our heart. And and uh I think during the testing really reveals what's really deep down in our heart, because if you're not tested and, and th- those things that come out of your heart are really what's in there, whether they come out in anger, they come out in emotion. I keep thinking back to the, to the sermon that I preached a couple, uh, maybe a month ago about the, the soil, you know, the, uh, the soil of addiction and the roots of addiction. And, I, and uh, when I got poison ivy on my face this past week. I, I, I sent the picture to, to Damaris, and she's like, oh, my, you know. <laughs> uh, and she says, that stuff is pretty nasty. You know, she goes, you need to rip that stuff up. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, rip that stuff up. I'm thinking, yeah, there, there's, there's things in our lives that just need to be ripped up. They just need to be ripped up and taken out. And and." And it's difficult, right, to when we have to allow the light of Christ to shine in our own hearts and say, okay, Lord, you know, this this way I thought was right for so long. I thought, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, whatever thing you're going through, whatever thing you're experiencing, where you uh, think that it's right. But the Lord had to take the children of Israel into the wilderness to humble them and to test them and to see what was in their heart. Because in testings, and, and trials is going to reveal what was in your heart. So I was thinking about that. I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to get some poison ivy uh, spray. I'm going to go out there, and, and I'm going to rip it up and get it out. <laughs> get, let's get rid of all those, those things in our heart that it's, that's holding us back. Hebrews says to lay aside everything that so easily besets you, that holds you back from going further into the things of God. What is it that's holding you back from the things of God? Only you and, and God can, you know, only God can reveal those things to your life. Now, uh, I, I saw something on Facebook the other day. It says the difference between a pastor and a preacher, right, as a preacher can get up here all day long and preach, but a pastor is somebody who you'll allow to pour into your life, yes. right? That's a pastor, somebody who can pour that you can trust and say, okay, I can, I, I can allow this pastor to pour into my life and, and, and then take that, Uh, advice, you know, obviously as as long as it lines up with the Word of God, right? I've always said that, right? That it has to line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, don't, don't receive it, right? Don't receive it. So God led them out of Egypt into the wilderness. Reflecting on the past acts of God encouraged loyalty and devotion to Him. So he was, he was telling the children of Israel to remember the things that I've done for you. Yes. Right? It wasn't too long. It, was a, it wasn't too long ago. Right? Uh, three days. It took them three days to walk from the Red Sea to, to Mara, which we'll get to in just a second. Mara, He says, remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. The Lord taught Israel to rely on him alone during the wilderness journey. Wow. When you're in the wilderness, God is trying to teach us, teach you and me, to rely on him and him alone. It doesn't matter what your emotions say. doesn't matter what you're, what you're feeling, right? What the world may say, what your friends may say, right? Are you hearing from God? Is the first person that you, when you're going through something, is it the first person you do is call your girlfriend or your, or your friend on the phone and ask their advice? Or is it, are you going to God and saying, God, speak to my heart? Yes. May I hear you today? Yes. So the Lord taught them alone uh, during the wilderness. Know what was in your heart. The response of God's testing helped determine the people's inner nature. The results of God's testing in, uh, helped to expose that inner nature with, within their own heart. And uh, they repented and, and God uh, moved. In their lives. Exodus 15, through 27. So we're, we're going on a, on a little journey here. After uh, they came out of the Red Sea, the, they sang the song of Moses, which was uh, uh, amazing. You know, this is a song that we're going to be singing for all of eternity in Revelation. It says that they sang the song of Moses. Uh, it's going to be just an amazing time where we lift up our, our voice to the Lord and, and just sing on how awesome God has uh, delivered uh, our enemies. The song that we sang earlier, the well, I love this song. The uh, the horse and the rider, he has thrown into the sea, right? That the uh, uh, the hills and the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. That's an awesome thing to sing about when you've seen the enemies that have come up against you collapse and melt in the presence of the Lord. That is an awesome, awesome thing. So when the children of Israel had uh, their face with the Red Sea, their back, they had the um, Pharaoh's army, and the Lord opened up a way for them to walk through on dry ground. And at the, uh, when Moses lifted out his rod and in the, in the Red Sea uh, went back into his place, the chariots and all of Pharaoh's army was destroyed. Gave them something to shout about. Exodus 15, 22 through 27 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought out on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, so they camped there by the waters. Now, picture this. There's over maybe close to a million uh, uh, Hebrews uh, that were with their women, children, and and, uh, animals, and God leads them, right, because we know that God is leading them into the wilderness to one well, one well. Do you think that one well would have, uh, supplied all, of the, uh, all that they needed, could have, but God was testing them to see what was in their heart. Whatever situation that you are in right now, God is testing you to see how you will respond, whether it's uh, uh, issues with your boss at work or, or coworkers. God wants to test and see how you will respond with those relationships. And, and uh, we will fall short, all right? The, the children of Israel fell short, but they were quick to repent sometimes. Uh, and sometimes they needed to be disciplined. And, but we can learn from other people's mistakes, right? It's important to learn from other people's mistakes and say, okay, Lord, if I fall short, I'm going to be quick to repent, and Lord, uh, just get back uh, on track. So they got there, the water was uh, bitter, and it says that the people complained. Verse 22, uh, this area of Shur was the place where Hagar and Ishmael Uh, went out. And I was thinking about that, right? Because uh, Hagar and Ishmael, Ishmael, uh, uh, Hagar, we know the story of Abraham. God promised a son to uh, Sarah and to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And because of his uh, not trusting the Lord, you know, we see uh, what happens when you don't trust the Lord and you get out uh, before God and you move before God says move. It caused so many problems, but Hagar, uh, uh, Ishmael, was the product of, of uh, the uh, relationship with Hagar. But they had been found by the angel of the Lord by the uh, spring on the way of Shur. Whether or not that was the same spring or not, I don't know. But it's very interesting because the water was there that was bitter. Now, we know that God's blessings were upon Hagar and Ishmael, which is now the Arab uh, nation and, and, the, and the Muslim uh, nations. You know, we, we see that God's blessings are, are on these nations, and, and there are Muslims that are coming to faith in Christ every day. They are having uh, visions of Jesus, you know, but um, God is doing a work in the, in the Muslim nations. And if you have Muslims, uh, friends, pray for them, you know. But the lack of water in this area would prove a constant test of Israel's faith in the God who had so miraculously rescued them. In verse twenty-four, the verb uh, uh, complained. It says that they complained. They murmured. It wasn't in verse seven, in chapter seventeen, verse two that there's a, a word there that they were now attacking Moses. It was a, a more uh, uh, violent uh, attack against um, against Moses, but. Verse 24 of uh, chapter 15 says that they complained or that they murmured. They were dissatisfied. Now, once you taste and see that the Lord is good, right, you're satisfied. One of the tactics that the enemy can use is, is complaining or, or backbiting or murmuring, right? Listening to the voices of other people that maybe have, uh, are going through some through some things. We have to guard ourselves. We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our mind when it comes uh, to uh, the things of God. Don't ever forget what God has done in your life. Don't ever forget what God has brought you through. And be on guard from the attacks of the enemy. That he can use your own spouse sometimes. He can use your loved ones. He can use friends and family you know, that plant those seeds of discord. You know, we have to be able to say, we have to be able to say that's not from God and, and get rid of it. Cast down those, those uh, imaginations. Verse 25 says that the, uh, the use of the tree made the miracle of cleansing easier to perceive. Moses could have very easily, God could have asked him to, to use his own staff. But it wasn't about the staff. It was about God. It wasn't about Moses. It was about God. It wasn't about me. It's about God. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you and through me. (laughs) So he told them, if you do these things, if you uh, abide by my my commands, none of these diseases will, uh, will overtake you. As God had transformed the bitterness of the waters of Mara, so he promised to preserve his people from illness. Isn't that an awesome promise? Isn't that an awesome promise that as we walk in this faith life with Christ, that God has promises for us. Now we understand you know, that, that bad things happen to good people. We're living in a fallen world. But His promises are for you and for me, that He will never leave us nor forsake us, that, that He will provide a roof over our head. He will provide food on the table. He will provide clothes on our back, just as He provided for the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. Their shoes never ran out. Their feet never swelled. They always had food. They always had water. We can stand assured that God will do the same for you and for me. Amen? That's something to shout about. Amen. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. This testifies to the mercy and the power of God. It is still true today. He is the God that heals us. He is the God that heals and restores not only physical but emotional in, in uh, spiritual uh, brokenness all healings come from God right it's not uh, it's not in a uh, handkerchief right it's not in a in a, in a jacket right we see uh, sometimes where they pull you know, these evangelists or pull it off their jacket it's not in that it's in Christ in Christ alone hallelujah so so after the children of Israel got to to this well, Mara, and they were complaining. Moses did what the Lord told him, got a stick and threw it into the well, and it was sweet. It was sweet, and they were able to, to drink. There's nothing like on a hot, sunny day, and I can't imagine walking in the desert for three days without, without water. You know, and they get to this place, and the water's bitter. You know, I'd, I'm not, I'd probably be the one complaining as well, right? You know, we've all been there. But now the Lord touched the water and it's, and it's, and it's sweet. So now he so, okay God, you did it once, you could do it again. Now he's leading them to the, uh, uh, the, the village or the town of Elam. The place of trees it means. The wells and the palms of Elam were a welcome relief from the barrenness of the wasteland. Some of us are going through some dry, barren lands. But it's in these dry, barrenness where God wants to bring us into Elam, to a place where there's refreshing, times of refreshing from the Spirit of the Lord, a place where we're protected, where, where there there's 70 palm trees in a hot desert. 70 palm trees is an amazing place to where you can uh, be protected from the, the sun, where you can drink and, and be refreshed and, re- and, and filled Many times the Bible compares wells and springs to salvation and palm trees to blessing. Elam is probably uh, in the area of the Wadi um, Gondorel, which was the site of Mount Sinai. Now, as I was reading this this morning, I was thinking of of Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. Let's turn there real quick. Uh, uh, Genesis 3, 8 through 11. Genesis 3, 8 through 11. Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And, and uh, he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a, a word in uh, the Jewish messianic movement, uh, tycoon olam, which, or um, bringing back uh, what God has, um, what the enemy has broken, bringing back into fruition. You know, God is, is restoring all things that have been broken. Isn't it amazing that God makes all things new? He makes all things new, and, and if we had time to share, I'm sure every one of you would share the things that God has restored, you know, in your own life, you know, uh, because of his goodness. But I think about in Genesis 3, 8 through 11, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, this was after Adam and Eve had, had uh broken the commandments of the Lord, and they uh, had ate of the tree uh, of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. It says, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees of the garden. So before, before the fall of man, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. That was relationship. That was the uh, intimacy that God had planned for them, and he plans for you and for me. I'm in a season right now where I'm learning intimacy with God. I thought I understood that, and there's been wonderful times of intimacy with God. but when you're alone with God, right is when you can really spend time with intimacy with God. So I was thinking about that. That must have just been an awesome, awesome time where they walked in the cool of the garden, God, I mean and with no clothes, just naked before God, right No shame, you know and uh, but it says... They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And that's what sin does. It causes shame. It causes guilt. It causes, you know, uh, I'm not good enough. I, I uh, can't come to the house of the Lord. Right? That's one of the tactics that the enemy uses. That if you're caught up in sin to keep you away from the house of God, there's no better place to be in the presence of the Lord. You know? And so don't, don't buy into that lie. That you're not good enough to be into the presence of the Lord. Come and say, Lord, I, I bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord and, and uh, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the psalmist said. You know, sometimes you just feel heavy. You just uh, don't sense, like, lifting up your hands and worshiping the Lord. But the scripture says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What that means is, you know, just like you, uh, you I put on the talit, or you put on a, a, a jacket or put on a jacket, A parachute, you put it on, it it becomes part of you. So may it become part of you. And you can practice that in your car, you know, as you're driving to work, you know, as you're lifting up the Lord, you can practice that. uh, Home, wherever you are, put on the garment of praise. Verse 9 says, And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? God already knew. But he wanted to see what was in his heart. And he wanted it to be exposed. And that's when, you know, then he started blaming. He started blaming His, oh, the, wo- the woman that you gave me. was really showing the condition of his heart now. Right? Wow. He's exposing some deep things. And when God does that, you got to repent and say, God, help me to, to, uh, to relearn. Relearn the things that are in my life. Acts 3.19, and I'll, we'll close with this. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back uh, down. Acts 3.19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Wow. Imagine what it was like in the garden. Walking with the Lord in the cool of the day, just having that wonderful intimacy with God. And those are awesome, awesome times. And, and thank God that, uh, that we have those, uh, those times today. But if you're in a dry season, you're in a barren land, and, and maybe you haven't experienced that with the Lord, the Lord wants those times of refreshing to, uh, to come. And it comes through repenting and saying, Lord, I repent of doing things my way that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Who are you being led by today? Are you being led by, by your own self? You know, are, you, are you leading your family by the way that, that you th- think was, uh, was right? And I'm preaching to myself, I, I was leading my family you know, I, as a Christian father, Christian husband, uh, you know, leading my family, being harsh. You know, if they weren't, if my boys were still as, uh, in bed, getting on the phone, where are you at? I need you over here. Being harsh on my kids. You know, and and, and yeah, was my heart in the right spot? Sure, my heart was in the right spot. But I wasn't leading through grace and mercy I was leading through harshness and you may be in the same spot you may be in a position where you know dads husbands that you're leading to the best of your ability that you think is right but is it what Christ wants I believe that God wants to lead our families by His Holy Spirit into, a, into a, a place to where there's refreshing, a place where we can relearn some things, because there's nothing wrong with relearning some things. But it takes humility, it takes brokenness, it takes Lord. I'm tired of doing things my way. Are we there, church? I believe we're there. I believe that God is speaking to our hearts. He's teaching us preparing us for some great great things hallelujah let's stand as we prepare to close hallelujah if this word is uh, the Lord is speaking to your heart and you just want to get alone with God I open up the altars for you to just to come and spend some time praying and giving it to the Lord I don't want to rush this process, okay? blood of Calvary, Lord God, for dying on the cross for us. Lord God, we thank you that it is well with our soul. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the sacrifice of Calvary. Lord, you've made a way for us. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and it's not well with you. I'd love to introduce you to my best friend and my Savior. You know, saying a prayer is just the beginning of it, but it's, it's something that takes place in your heart where you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the grave. And if you've never done that, Before we can do anything further, let's all just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, Jesus. I confess with my mouth that you are God. I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner and that I need a Savior. I repent of my sin and I invite you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin Write my name in the book of life. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.